You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. I am your host, Jeff Ellis. I want to take a moment to remind everyone to go to BuiltBar.com. They are official sponsor of all things of the show today. Uh, I love it. You'll love it if you try them. As I am recording, uh, it is the sixth inning. The Indians are down 5-4. to four. I'm a little annoyed after they had a runner on third with nobody out. And strikeout, strikeout, ground out. Uh, I mean, let's just take a moment. Jordan Luplo. I threw this stat out there earlier, and this was at the start of the day. His runs created plus in March and April, 150. Runs created plus in the month of June, 44. I get it. You want to get this guy at bats, but why is he hitting fourth? Uh, it happened in the uh, the first inning as well. Luckily, Eddie Rosario bailed him out, but lineup construction, and I'm sorry. I know there's, like, our last review, he left me five stars, but said he got annoyed when I talked lineup construction, but loop low, you know, you move guys around when they're not hitting. Uh, you don't put them in integral parts in your lineup. Uh, Owen Miller's debut. Let's just take some time. We're going to talk about Owen Miller, talk about Fran Mill in the first half. Do a little bit of a tease here. So I started digging because, listen, I talk about the 40-man crunch so much. I've joked it should be a drinking game on this show, and it's because it's huge. Adding Owen Miller and Nick Sandlin this year were two of the 10 must-adds. Now, adding Owen Miller, because if you missed it, Owen Miller was added. Fran Mill Reyes goes to the 10-day DL. And Berto goes to the 60. When a player goes on the 60, it opens a spot on the 40. That means that when Berto comes back, someone is going to have to be cut. I mean, it's just as simple as that. Uh, we can talk about, you got guys like Zimmer, Mercado, Bowers, and Bradley. Those are probably your four most obvious players at this point in time. Because pitching-wise, there just isn't a ton. They're using almost everyone. Uh, unless they wanted to really go out there and... Uh, consider putting Vargas on the 60, but then again, you have to move him back off the 60, so that doesn't really benefit you when the big crunch comes at the end. But for now, they've added two of those players. Uh, Miller gets the call up. A lot of debate when he would get called up and what would happen. Not a sterling debut, but I, I didn't expect one. Uh, Owen Miller has been bonkers in AAA. Now again, smallest of sample sizes. The issue with Owen Miller, like, I, you know, I, there's people who get annoyed when I bring up prospect lists. But the reason I looked at him and put him lower than, you know, in my mind, the pieces in that trade went Arias, then um, Cantillo, and then I had Naylor as the third piece with Quantrell four and Miller five. Why did I do that? Because Miller is all hit tool and it's all hit contact percentages. And you can look like Harold Ramirez is doing a nice job for the Indians now in a role but he's bounced around because that's what he was. And it's a profile that's sometimes hard when you don't have anything else that goes with it. When you don't have power, you don't walk. It means that that player can be incredibly streaky because we know that uh, hits and batting average can sometimes be a large degree of luck when you look at things like bat pip and why a guy can hit like 340 and then all of a sudden uh, then you know fall down to like 260 over the course of a few months. And when you're betting on contact, it's, it's also one of those skills that you need to see. Now, Miller has performed well with high contact rates in the upper minors, but there's a lot of guys who have great contact numbers who they start hitting the upper minors and things fall apart. So I, not to like rain on the Owen Miller parade, but I just want to set those expectations. Uh, it's not going to be a dramatic debut for him. It's just not. He's not a guy. He could 
I'm not saying he has no power at all. He could eventually hit like 10 to 15, but uh, he's more of just a, you know, a Cesar Hernandez. I, that's a bad comp. I really have to dig in the numbers. But he's likely a second baseman who could hit for a good average. He's not going to provide too much beyond that. And just understanding that that's what he is. This isn't Frankie Lindor where I'm like, yeah, he's going to hit 20 home runs and he ends up hitting 40. Because Frankie was always strong as a high school kid. He was hitting bombs out of Safeco. There was a lot of rumors in that draft that the uh, Mariners would take him at three after he put on this monstrous batting display. I remember reading all about it. And then they took Danny Holtzen and, ooh, talk about the changes of the lives of two franchises right there. Miller has not shown it as he's progressed up the minors. And when you look at that walk rate as well, it just, it gives him limited pathways to higher level success. At the same time, with the injury to Fran Mel Reyes, even approaching league average, it'd be great because right now the Indians have one league average hitter and that's Jose Ramirez. And he's well above league average. Uh, Josh Naylor got up to a 100 uh, runs created plus and then fell below. He's back down to a 94. Technically, Luplo is over 100. He is not playing every day. He's been playing very inconsistently. And as we pointed out, the play has been awful. Uh, he was absolutely on fire for the first month, has not been, he's been absolutely ice cold in June. See, the Indians have one league average bat. And then they have a guy who sometimes gets near it. So they need a lot. And they need so much assistance. Uh, and that kind of led me, before we talk about the Fran Mill injury, to start looking at teams. Because again, I feel like I probably started this uh, you know, comment and then stopped. With that 40-man crunch, they have to make trades. Uh, you're going to lose players. One of those guys I didn't talk about is uh, Joaleski Noel, who we talked about on the podcast last week. He's not one of those 10 must-adds. And he might be putting up the best numbers in minor league baseball of any Indians hitter right now. Uh, you know, Richie Palacios has a good chance to be selected if he can perform this year, just as his utility upside. There's so many interesting players. I don't know what they're going to do. So making a trade makes sense. For the second half, you know, second, third part of the show, I'm going to just talk about some teams that could make trades. I will not be talking about the Cincinnati Reds uh, because I started reaching out to Jeff Carr, who is the great host of Locked On Reds, one of our most successful podcasts on network. Because the Indians and Reds have a big history, the Reds are struggling this year, and the Reds have a lot of bats. So I think we're going to do a crossover for Tuesday's show, as a matter of fact. So I will not get into the Reds when I discuss the idea of trades. Now, I know people are out there, why don't they give Bobby Bradley a chance? Why don't they give Daniel Johnson a chance? I just don't think they value them. Uh, at this point in time, with everything they have run out and that they're not giving those players opportunities, I don't think they see much there. It just That is very clear to me right now. They do not see much with those players. They could be, I think Johnson sticks around because of tools and he's a great like bench bat outfielder. But at the end of the day, I could be uh, talked into him not really having a future with the organization as well. Speaking of players who do have a history at the organization, Fran Mill Reyes. Fran Mill had been the only other hitter besides Jose Ramirez who'd, who'd really consistently been there for the Indians this year. Boy, does he love hitting Kenta Maeda, huh? Has a swing, it's a 2-0, and a strained oblique. Obliques are terrible injuries, as you recall. I believe George Valera has an oblique injury as well, and that's why he is not playing for Lake County, which is he's one of those 40-man crunch guys, which I, I have to point out when I mention any of those players. So Fran Mill is gone five to seven weeks. You know, if you stretch that out, that's 35 to 49 days. That's why he's not going on the 60-man, or the 60-day disabled list, because he should be back before 60 days, and they'll need him back. Uh, that's why Miller's at DH right now. I mean, Cesar Hernandez is having a brutal game defensively, but he is a good defender at second. Shortstop, Miller's okay there, but most everyone agreed he'd move off the position long-term. You're not touching Jose. 
Miller has played a little bit at outfield, uh, but right now he is setting up to be more of a DH in the big leagues for the Indians, which is weird because it's not like he's a bad defender. It's just they don't have a natural spot for him right now. And again, it made sense to call him up. Uh, It might have made sense to call Bobby Bradley as well. Uh, I didn't get a chance to see a lot of Owen Miller at first. That's one of those things I should say. If he can handle first, uh, maybe it makes sense to let Bradley DH a bit. Uh, Bowers, for as much as I've defended him, we're into June. Overall performance has trended up, but it has trended up from a 13 to a 71. Is that correct? 31 to a 71. Dyslexic moment for me there. I have many. It's a 71. uh, Yes. Okay. So he's trending up. He's walking four and a half percent more. He's striking out more. His ISO is up. Uh, He had the big hit against Otani. His bat pip is low. His bat pip in both cases is very low over the course of the season. He's about 60 points below average. Uh, if he got 60 more points to his batting average, I mean, I'd have to go dig to find out what it's sitting at now. But he's he's just not been good. Uh, he was at a 31 for the first month. He's at a 71 now. Yeah, he's improving. He's walking almost 5% more. His bat pips are the one area where you look at and go, okay, his bat pip over the course of the season should be about 60 points higher. If his batting average was 60 points higher, he would be up to a 240 hitter. Uh, 183, 264, 293, negative 0.4 uh, war. Yeah, he's defending there fine, but he's just, he's not good. Like, he is not performing in any way. This is a player who, I look at his prospect scouting report back in 2018. 60 hit tool, 50 game power, 55 raw, 45 speed, 55 field. It's just not there. It is not developed. It is not coming He's not going to be with this team in a year. There's just no way. So if you have Owen Miller up and he's got that experience, I mean, maybe it's time you try him at first. You give Bobby Bradley his two months uh, at DH and see what he can do. And if by the time Fran Mill comes back, if he is not ready, then you could move on from him. You're going to have to move on from a significantly large amount of players at the end of the season. It's time to see who is here and who is not worth keeping around. It's time to take a moment for the Indians to kind of like explore their portfolio of prospects and see what investments are going well. Speaking of investments in my ham-fisted transition, Wealthfront is a trusted company with over $20 billion of assets. And you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront backslash locked on MLB. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower your taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting, tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. And it's automatic. To get your first $5,000 managed for free, go to wealthfront.com backslash locked on MLB. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash Locked on MLB to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com backslash Locked on MLB and get started today. I want to remind everyone to check out Locker Room. I've been using the new Android version of it. uh, Saturday evening, Saturday nights is when I typically jump on record. If you saw that I had a never-ending recording, there was a glitch with the app. Uh, I apologize. That is why there was not a full Locker Room from me this past weekend. Sometimes that happened. It's in beta on the Android. It's fully functional on the Android ios go check it out for yourself it's a lot of fun it's a way to sit and chat and talk about sports i might occasionally i keep talking about i'm gonna probably at some point use it as a podcast it sets up to auto record so if i could just sit there and talk about something 
maybe chat with someone in there, use some of the clips from that as well. You might even hear yourself on this very podcast if you go check out the Locker Room app. Remember, it is in beta on Android. It is a complete product on iOS. Go check it out for yourself. You can go and look on the news. It's so good. Spotify's looking into it. That is Locker Room. Remember, I do a weekly host did show there on Saturdays. Come in, talk baseball, talk Indians baseball. I have been watching more college than Indians baseball because of the time of the year. So uh, there is that too. If you want to jump in, talk draft. But check out Locker Room today. Uh, so it's looking like the Indians are about ready to lose this one. I mean, kind of shifting attention of setting up for a podcast later in the week as well, talking with Jeff Carr, talking with uh, some of the chat people. Uh, Eddie Rosario, never slide into first. So the act of sliding, you slow your momentum down. You're slowing your speed. You are physically slowing yourself. You slide to avoid a tag. Sliding allows you to get into position to avoid a tag. In first base, where you can overrun the position and still be safe, never slow down. Sprint down the line. It's just fundamental baseball. The number of players... A, sliding headfirst is asking for an injury. It's always been the case. Sliding headfirst into first base is just dumb in that regard. It's dumb because it violates the rules of physics. Like, just don't slow your momentum. He runs through. He might be safe. If he just goes full speed down the line, this is a tie game at 5-5. I I stand by that because it was so close with him sliding. Oh, Josh Naylor. That was well outside the zone. But yeah, it's a situation where the Indians, uh, that was the end of the eighth. I'm sorry, not the end of the game. But they've had so many opportunities. Cesar Hernandez had another bad throw in this one. Uh, Harold Ramirez gets the double and then gets caught in a rundown and thrown off. uh, When you have a guy, like you could have had first and second, one out. Instead, you've got first two outs. And then they pinch in for Naylor, who, as I mentioned there, frustrating game, frustrating weekend. Uh, just frustration all around. Should we take a second and do an old friend alert? There was a relatively big trade in baseball on Friday. Uh, it made me stop in my car before I left work and do a series of tweets in the heat. Uh, Willie Adames, who I've liked pretty much since he was a prospect that Tampa acquired. I can't remember. Was he the centerpiece in the David Price trade from the Tigers? Uh, that's where I'm thinking. I could be wrong there. But he has come up through the minors and been a solid shortstop for Tampa. Now, the issue is he has the... You know, home and away splits, typically you're better at home, but they're not something where you see a huge divide. He could not hit at Tropicana. He could not hit there to save his life. That was the weirdest thing. Good defender, does a lot of things well. Three and a half years of control left. Like, getting a shortstop who has played well in the majors, a good defender, three and a half years of control. Milwaukee, uh, Orlando Arcia was supposed to be their star. Like, I thought he was one of the top five prospects in baseball coming up. He could never do it offensively. Has done it offensively with Atlanta this year to a degree. Uh, he was the guy. Then they go out and make that trade where they trade Trent Grisham. Oof, right? So they got Eric Lauer and Luis Arias. And now I talked about on a show last week how that's one of those guys in prospect ranks I was really high on. Uh, he's one of those guys where he's in that Ty Freeman, Owen Miller group where it's contact and not a ton else. He did walk slightly higher in those other two. But that's a profile that is always concerning uh, just because you see a lot more. Guys like Luis Arias, who struggle when they get to the big leagues. It's not a slam dunk profile. Let's put it that way. There's a lot more risk to it than anyone probably wants to agree to say. Uh, Not that there's been some big conspiracy, but we get obsessed with this idea of a hit tool. And I've often felt like hit tool is uh, badly evaluated and even worse understood. So why am I talking about this trade? I saw a lot of people on both sides, uh, like upset in Tampa and overjoyed in Tampa. Tampa is sending uh, Adames... And I'm blanking on the secondary piece, but it, you know, it wasn't much. They're getting J.P. Fire Eyes and former Indian. 
and uh, Drew Rasmussen. Now, Rasmussen's one of those guys I th- talked about last year on the podcast. Is he was probably my favorite sleeper prospect in that Milwaukee system. What makes it absolutely fascinating to me was he was a first-round pick by Tampa who they did not sign because of injury issues. He's got some really great underlying numbers in the minors, and they liked him enough to like target him. Fire Eisen uh, was let go by the Yankees, one of the four players in that Andrew Miller deal. Has pitched well for the Brewers. The Brewers do a good job converting those relief arms, kind of finding a bit more. You look at what they did with guys like Drew Pomerantz recently, uh, sticks out. But yeah, former friend alert in the biggest trade so far this season. Uh, Tampa getting a pair of arms. They've had a lot of injuries, so that helps them out. And Milwaukee is on their third potential like shortstop of the future slash now. Uh, shortstops are hard to find. That's why the Indians uh, have just stockpiled days and days and days of shortstops so far this year. I'm not going to spend the time profiling Detroit. Uh, third segment, I'm going to talk about some teams that might make sense for trades, as I mentioned earlier in the show. If you want more on Detroit, you can go listen to the great uh, podcast I did with Chris Brown on Friday of uh, Motor City Bengals. We had a lot of fun on there. I've known Chris for years. There's a great thing. Now, Chris and Rogelio. Rogelio I had on in January. I've worked together for uh, years and years on the uh, Tigers RSD. And it's funny that we talk about on there specifically the change in view of Robbie Grossman versus Eddie Rosario. So if that is something that you, that alone I think makes the podcast worth it. If you listen to both, it's kind of a fun thing to see just how much our thought process have changed when it comes to those specific players. But yeah, it's, uh, needless to say, at the time, uh, they were jealous of us, and now I'm pretty sure we are all jealous of them. So that is definitely something I would recommend in that. If you want more on that Tiger series, uh, we could talk about the pitching struggles very quickly here. Uh, Zach Plesak has to start missing some bats. He has to start getting some strikeouts. The sudden change this year is troubling. Talked about in the no-hitter. It'd be hard to do a no-hitter with two strikeouts. One strikeout, he leaves the Sunday game early. Uh, the Indians continue to get victimized by Max Kepler. But for Plesak, the complete lack of strikeouts this year, I don't know. Tristan McKenzie, I didn't really touch on him getting sent down. Uh, ERA approaching seven, leading the Major League Baseball in walks. When I saw him in double A, he would sometimes get up to 96, but he would have no control. The walks would pop up. And yeah, he's not hitting bigger velocity numbers right now but he is overthrowing, and that's very clearly overthrowing. I talked about the start of the year, the two players who would probably see time in AAA because of uh, service time manipulation, and there would be some logic to it, would be McKenzie and Jimenez. Now they're both down there. Uh, the Indians are, I mean, in terms of starters, it's not great, right? Like, Henches is not pitched particularly well. Plesak has been very up and down. Bieber's just had his two worst starts in, like, two years. Savali... Uh, struggled through but got through with some brutal defense around him i mean does this team need to trade for a pitcher i had someone asked that on twitter it's like oh yeah maybe like if they could get someone oof, that was ugly for the twins falling down while striking out uh but the indians pitching is a disaster scott moss is hurt again do you stretch out quantrell when do you go to eli morgan he's like the only pitcher on staff who hasn't like had that look. Juan Carlos Mejia looked great. I mean, I have not been the biggest fan of his just because I don't have any knowledge for the most part. Like, it's very limited sample size with him because he's been constantly hurt. Uh, does he get a chance to start now? Is that who's going to move into the McKenzie spot? Are they able to do, like, a an opener role for someone? Do they not need a fifth starter for a while? I don't know. But 
I mean, I like I said, Henches, I, I still don't know if I see him as a starter long-term. That was my same issue with McKenzie. We'll see. But right now, this is a team that for years and years and years, never had to worry about pitching. Well, now, Logan Allen has, has had his struggles. They're trying. They're throwing everything at a wall. Unfortunately, nothing is sticking. And a lot of their prospects, it's in the lower minors. And we'll have to see who can help. Uh, I mean, pitching-wise, on the 40-man, there's not much they have not tried this year. Almost everyone who's on the 40-man has been up outside of Moss, who's been hurt multiple times, and then Eli Morgan. So I got to assume Morgan would be the next guy as long as he is healthy. He also had injury issues earlier in the year. So just to keep that straight, uh, I'm laughing because it's like pitching issues, hitting issues, injuries, second or lowest payroll in baseball. I've seen debate on that. And yet somehow this team is still in second place, uh, even though it's looking more and more likely they're going to drop two out of three to the Twins, who've been struggling mightily this year, uh, because 10 hits and four runs. 10 hits, four runs. Just amazing. So let's uh, take a second here and talk about the greatness that is BuiltBar.com. Currently, their uh, birthday cake is back. And if you go get that one, it's a white chocolate. It tastes very good. Uh, just be careful when you open it. The sprinkles can be a little bit messy on it. But I know when I talked with Stacy uh, Gatsoulias from Locked On Yankees, that was her favorite. And that is what I love about Built Bar. Almost everyone I talk to has a different favorite. They're all good. They're all delicious. It's a fantastic product. Everyone enjoys it. When you go there, you want to use that promo code LOCKEDON15. Here's the thing. They're delicious, and they're good for you. I've talked about when I use my app that grades the food I eat. It gives it an A. It's going to fill you with energy gives you pro it gives you protein it's you know one of those type of bars but it's going to give you all these things you need and it's healthy it is one of the best tasting healthy products you will find go to builtbar.com remember that promo code is locked on 15 to get a fantastic deal on a fantastic product i can't recommend it enough it is just honestly something i love it is something if i could i would eat it every day for breakfast builtbar.com promo code locked on 15 so if we're looking for trades, I already said we're not talking to the Reds, even though the Reds make a ton of sense because the Reds have a uh, bunch of players and there's a history there. Before I get there, though, I want to add in and we'll start doing a quick like minor league minute talking about players performing particularly well who we need to talk about. So I've mentioned Joanski Noel before, who is like the sixth best player from that international group prospect-wise that the Indians had who all need to be added to the 40-man, ring the little bell. So far this year in A-ball, uh, Lynchburg, I believe, he is 19 years of age, 14 games, 69 plate appearances, uh, only a 2.9% walk rate. That is concerning. Bat pip of 373, which remember, and you want to see that in the lower minors because that is a sign of good contact, good contact skills. He is hitting 364, 377 on base, 682 slugging, 465 weighted on base, 180 WRC plus, five home runs in the early going. Uh, six foot one, first baseman slash third baseman, always been talked about for his power. Uh, potential like 65-70 raw power. We'll see if he can hit enough, field enough, do anything else enough. But in terms of just basic power, some of the best raw power in the system. So that is a minor league minute talking about Johnsky Noel. So let's go around, talk about some teams. Baltimore. Baltimore is bad. Why is this giving me last year's data? Sorry, Baltimore is continuing to do this super long rebuild uh, where they've had multiple high picks and they still don't have much to show for it. Uh, Cedric Mullins has been great for them in the other going. He also has a bat pip of 343. Now, I talked about him repeatedly this offseason because Mullins' defensive scores were off the charts over on Baseball Savant. He walks 9.2%, strikes out 18.9%. He has six home runs, 
WRC plus so far this year, 135. Now, again, that is inflated because his batting average should be higher or should be lower. I should say it's higher and should be because of the the high BAPIP. Uh, I don't know if they want to move him at the same time, too. He's not like he's an old player. He's got multiple years of control. Doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense. Uh, Santander, Anthony, former Indian, uh, was hurt. He is back in, 18 games in. He's got a runs created plus of 85. He has not been quite as strong this year coming back from injury. Just a player to kind of keep your eyes on. Austin Hayes, a former top prospect, has been okay. Trey Mancini coming back from cancer, I think, has been spectacular. He's a guy where if the Indians could, like, Trey Mancini is the ideal trade target. Let's just be honest about this. The Indians don't have a first baseman. Mancini plays first and or outfield. He cannot be a free agent uh, until 2023. So you get him for this year and next year. And he's already 29 years of age, so you're getting him for his age 29 and 30 years. There's a chance to even do an extension with with him as a player. Uh, 24, 24, 35 home runs. Again, 140 runs created plus for his career. His runs created plus is a 118. Limited athlete, but he just hits the ball, hits the ball hard. The Indians need bat. They need hitters. They need guys who can perform. Mancini's come back from cancer, and he is still hitting. He has multiple years of control, and you look at a Baltimore team that isn't really going anywhere, that is bottom of their division. Again, there's only 1.1.5 years of control with Mancini, and he's already 29. He's not a player who's part of their future. He's not a player who's a part of where they're going. Baltimore could be the perfect team in regards to the fact that they value up the middle talent like the Indians do. They are building for the future, which is not the now. And if they were to move Mancini, there's a logic in they have the 40-man space. They they have interesting prospects, don't get me wrong, but they don't hold on to players. They're very quick to take a guy off their 40-man if it's going to cost him a lot of money. Jonathan Villar, Rialto Nunez, players like that. They're just going through and they're trying to see who can play what and where. And honestly, it's like if they trade Mancini, then you can move Mount Castle to first base, more of a natural position for him. So I think there's a lot of logic uh, if we go over to the trade machine because I'm never good with trades. So let's try to figure out at the end of the day like what they value Mancini over at the trade machine. And so one of those things, honestly, where the trade machine is low. Mancini has a seven in value. Owen Miller has a higher value than him. So I have a hard time gauging that. Uh, Bobby Bradley is like a 4.8. So the deal I put together, technically it's a higher value, would be Aaron Bracho and Bobby Bradley for... Uh, Trey Mancini, it gives them someone they could slot in and someone they don't have to feel 100% connected to. Aaron Bracho is one of those players they need to add to their 40-man at the end of the season. He has the least positional flexibility of that group, but maybe the best hit tool of that group. He's up the middle. He's still like a second baseman, so it gives an up-the-middle uh, player, a top-10 prospect with the Indian system that a lot of people like, a potential replacement, and the Indians get a year and a half of a above-average bat. So that's looking at Baltimore. Mancini stands out. Tell me what you think. Do you think that's a trade that makes sense? Do you think that's a trade that does not make sense? Uh, do you think it would cost more or less? All that stuff. Give me some feedback over at my Twitter, at Draft. We started with Baltimore. We'll continue diving around the league, looking at those teams that are struggling, teams like Colorado and Washington and the like, trying to figure out how we can specifically use those players who are under that 40-man crunch, ring the bell for about the ninth time in this podcast, to go out and uh, make the Indians better. This trade... 
does not affect the 40 man this year directly as you're taking one off to add one on, but it does cut down on the overall crunch by one uh, player in the long term. I have been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Locked on Indians podcast. The Indians have runners at first and third right now. We will see how this game goes. Uh, hopefully you have enjoyed the show. Remember to wait, rate and review if you have to download daily. That really helps us grow. Tell a friend. Get more people listening. Let's continue to try to work to be in the top 10 podcasts on network. Thank you again for listening. And for the next year, maybe two, go Tribe.